Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The following is an episode of the Ace of Geeks podcast. The following episode contains spoilers for Stranger Things seasons one through four, The Way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson, Our Flag Means Death, and Star Wars Visions Ronin by Emma Mieko Kandon. We also talk about Season 2 of The Devil is a Part-Timer, Multiverses, and The League of Gentlewomen Witches. Thanks for listening, friends, and as we welcome you once more into the big warm hug of geekdom, we find four nerds discussing a deep metaphysical problem. The amount of stuff you need to know to effectively play Magic the Gathering is beyond me. And continuously know. Like, there are always new cards. Yeah. You have to update all your knowledge. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, and it, you're not allowed to use the My Little Pony or Godzilla cards. I mean, it's just you know, which is very unfair. Well, I mean, it depends what mode you're playing. <laughs> because I, I, I was about to say, wait, are we talking about MTG or Warhammer? Because like, <laughs> friendship is magic, a. and magic is heresy. Yeah, I'm gonna just <laughs> stop playing magic now because I'm not having fun, and I made a promise to myself that for better, for the purposes of having better well-being more often, I should be wasting less time on things that make me miserable. Yes. Yes. Well It's done. funny how often that we, we engage in things that just make us absolutely miserable just because our brain is craving any chemical and we'll just take that one. I mean, that's yeah. why I've gotten into every argument on the internet I've ever gotten into. I had a, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. apparently it's just a nice little bit of serotonin for your skull. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's literally little... addictive and that's a problem. Yeah, it sure is. But yeah, no, the, that waste less time thing is kind of a two pronged thing. It's if you don't have to be doing it, it's making you miserable. You can stop doing it and then you will stop yep. feeling miserable sooner. If you have to do it for some reason and it's making you miserable, get more efficient at it. The less you time do, you are spending, <laughs> yeah. you have to do something and it's making you miserable. That's called capitalism. Well, I, yeah. yeah, sure. <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> I don't believe in capitalism. It's just a fairy tale. It sure is. Uh, this land was built on dreams. It was built on the dreams of a lot of people who were like, "My life could be better, and the life of my future generations could be better." And a small number of people who were like, if I consume the living flesh and souls of everyone <laughs> around me for as long as possible without getting caught or killed, then I can dictate terms for how everyone gets to live. And only I will have and a good life. And then a few generations after that, it's things should be this way. I work harder mm-hmm. than the people who work for me for free. Wait a second. I'm sorry. Are we talking about politics or Camp Cretaceous? <laughs> I, I, like, probably, no, no, no. We're still uh, talking about Magic the that, Gathering. Um, that is definitely yeah. where we should start this podcast with mainly saying that. Of 
felt like I was prepping for heavy metal knitting. <laughs> no, 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 that would be. Please be nice. I'm very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that song so very much. <laughs> oh. Um, we have been anyway. We were talking about Magic the Gathering and capitalism. <laughs> It was starting to get really sad. Magic the gathering of everyone's resources, yes. If you can buy (laughs) enough cards, eventually you will own the means to card production. And then you'll be Wizards of the Coast. Um, Well, I mean, the trick that... the trick is you get your own construction paper cards, you cut them into the right size, and then because all what the cards are is on the internet, you can make your own fun doodles and then just play informally and be like, yeah, I have I this card, which is a that. shitty doodle yeah. of like a chicken with googly eyes. Be like, yeah, Sunsong Invocation, that's like a $100 card. I got it for free. <laughs> There's uh, a very similar thing with uh, uh, Warhammer 40K that's been happening for the last couple of years with 3D printers. Yeah, I've it's possibly heard. the doom if, of that entire industry, and if it's hilarious. You thought that painting your figures was time-consuming? Wait until you start printing that. But oh, I thought you were going to go in a different direction. Purchasing a 3D printer and printing your minis is less expensive than buying them from Games Workshop. That's that's true. Yeah, yeah. Where I thought you were going with that thought, Jairus, was if you thought uh, painting your minis was time-consuming, you're going to love being in litigation with Games Workshop for making your own (laughs) minis. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but you see, these are not space orcs. They are space goblins? Oh, you already have goblins. No, these aren't orcs. They're orcs. One thing that's been happening recently that I really like... <laughs> one thing that's been happening recently that I really like is uh, this... Um, there's been a number of people who have made um, war games that are model generic. Uh, so, like, you can play them with just any models you have. Or... Uh, there's one that I saw the other day, and I can't remember the name of it right now, but um, uh, it's designed as a war game for you to use armies from every other war game. And so there's like uh, Star Wars factions with the serial numbers filed off, Warhammer 40k factions with the serial numbers filed off, and it's <laughs> one complete rule set that you can use to play with all of them. That's... Because honestly, if you think about it, that's just kind of what the war games are is yeah. just mm-hmm. using a model play so. with toys and have some math to decide why this one died and that one lived okay i, I really love the meme going around it's like do you like math oh god no do you like improv comedy uh it gives me hives have you heard about dragons <laughs> and it's like i'm in <laughs> just like if it's, wait for what? Dungeons That's and Dragons really I might be an improviser. Speaking of Dungeons and Dragons, we have been pushing this off all month. I think it is time. Oh yeah. That we talk for about the comprehensive now. look at Stranger Things. That's right. Yes. Chrissy, wake up. <laughs> Chrissy, wake up. I don't Stop. like this. <laughs> um <laughs> Wow, I can't believe that it's been quite a few weeks, because what is time? Um, But I think it's good we gave people, you know, time to catch up. Um, 
and process. Like, you, no one wants spoilers to certain, yes, and process. Oh, God, process. Which, by the way, hit that spoiler button, please. There we go. Spoilers. Spoilers here. So, they really pulled us around with Max. Really jerked our chain. Mm -hmm. Really teased us on that one. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. We spent this whole time being like, okay, she's safe. It's going to be okay. What's going to happen? And then... She, I, L brought her body back to life. Does her mind still exist with Vecna as Max coming back, or is she comatose? Is she just dead? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> it makes me upset. Yeah. It's also um, they were definitely setting up the whole like one of them won't survive like there was a freaking billboard with it right babe mm -hmm. yeah and and i was like and there were a number of goodbye shots with the teenagers as well too yeah you know and I, and and we were like okay it it can't be robin or steve because there would just be we would have heard about it on the internet if it was yeah like it would have exploded on the <laughs> internet um nancy i was like oh maybe but like that family's already kind of been through touched enough by yeah yeah and like i didn't think it was going to be jonathan even though i don't i don't know how i feel about nancy and steve kind of rekindling the flame but they were setting up that like jonathan and nancy aren't doing well yeah, um, they sort of reduced Jonathan's character to almost nothing this season. Um, John yeah. didn't do much. I mean, he was high most of the time. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I Argyle, though, I will go to hell and back for Argyle. Like, Argyle was really an MVP. <laughs> he yeah. set yeah. up Absolutely. in so many good ways. Uh, yeah. Another aspect of that is I do enjoy that they made it look like Nancy and Jonathan weren't doing well, but in the end it was just that they weren't communicating. And like, yeah, that's yeah. not really. And a also Nan Nancy totally wants to jump Steve's bones. I mean, he grew up. Everyone likes a bad guy <laughs> who had a good like redemption arc and is now the father of a young Dustin <laughs> the father yeah. of 17 children <laughs> yes Man, sometimes There's, the um... only adult in the group when he's like guys this is serious we've almost all died yeah yeah um but then you know we had the new character of eddie who eddie, yes. originally i did not like but and it's kind of a bully in I the first few felt... episodes yeah. yeah, he reminded yeah. me a lot of like some dungeon masters that I've experienced before who yes. were total assholes. Mm. Yeah, but I don't think it was a hundred percent necessary for him to die. But at the same time, they did make it a good character moment of he's finally not running away yeah. from it. Yeah. But still, it was kind of like Meh. bullshit. Yeah, unnecessary. I agree. Even though the most metal moment of metal moments, mm -hmm. I mean... Yeah. So uh, one of my favorite things about that moment is somebody pointing out that because of when the series takes place, 
uh, that song was only released like a month or so. Ma- Master of Puppets only released a month or so before, uh, which means that in a month, in addition to all of the other stuff he was doing, uh, Eddie taught himself the uh, the guitar or the I don't know if it's the bass or guitar part. I think it's the guitar part for Master of Puppets, <laughs> which is wild because that is a hard song, and he really yeah. learned it for the show. That's him playing. That's amazing. So. Um, there's a video of him practicing before he did it. Um, I, I don't know if the sound that they finally displays the sound that they use, but they didn't like, he's actually filmed playing the song and doing the, the That's awesome. movements for it. I, I think it was actually just the Metallica track that they mm. played in the show, but it's still awesome. I liked him as a character. I agree. He didn't need to die. I I was really suckered in by the effect he had on his uncle and his uncle knowing that he had touched people and that people had understood Eddie. Yes. He had friends who valued him. But like we could have also gotten that in a redemption arc, like in the very last season. Yes. Absolutely. Um, and it also was I, I I like this season a lot because now the town of Hawkins cannot deny that there's some shenanigans. Oh yeah, happening it's all on up like in their a business. supernatural level. You know, like it's it's gonna be impossible for them to ignore yeah. what's happening. Yeah, th- I think that's why this is like what they did for the final season, because now it's all spilling out. Um, yeah, yeah. so I think I think we're going to get a classic 80s, you know, the final season is um, uh, everybody fighting, the whole town getting together to fight the darkness. Yeah. Um, be dope. Yeah, we might pull in more of the adult characters. Um, Rowan, what'd you think? Being adults. I didn't see it. Oh. Oh. Shit. Sorry. No, I wasn't going to. So this is actually, this has been really interesting. Oh, how come? Because I have watched all of season one and a little bit of season two and horror, whether it's fridge horror or uh, jump scare horror has never been my cup of tea ever. Mm, got Um, Got it. That's at least part of the reason why, even though you guys were raving about season two and I tried to watch a little bit of it, I just kind of stopped because it's not my flavor. Uh, yeah, that's but, fair. Yeah, but um, it I'm glad that it's been able to continue and that it's stayed very cool for the people who, who like it. Like, I enjoyed season one in spite of it being a flavor that I don't seek out. Uh, they did a lot of very interesting things. I loved the uh, using D&D metaphors to talk about uh, supernatural horror uh, and cosmic horror stuff. Uh, yeah, it's... Yeah, that's, that's, that's my thing, I guess. Fair. I will <laughs> say, I think this is my favorite season so far, and I really liked yeah. three. But the the way that they're I... set it up so that maybe elves like 
bullied into be a, like a kid massacre. And then they're like, no, we really actually understand what's going on behind that. It's people like one who think they're better than everyone else and uh, get to decide who lives and who dies. And that flip around was extremely... And who tells your story. Right? In intellectually <laughs> pleasing. <laughs> like, I didn't want to think they're just going to be like... Elle killed all of these kids because she was bullied, and they ended up not doing that. Yeah, which was yeah. great. I was really worried they were going to go that route, too, and I was like, I'm not sure how the brutality of the murder they were showing, I'm not sure how you would make that okay. Yeah. And what they ended up showing that this is the day that she opened up that rift, and she opened it up to get rid of one was very, very cool. Um, and I feel like uh, well, and, a lot of... Yes. And it also explains why the big bad is obsessed with Elle. Yeah. yeah. Because, and, you know, like, it, there was always kind of that question of, like, why Hawkins? <laughs> why yeah. Elle? You know, and it's because this is where they were, and this, and this is where yeah. he lived. Yeah. Um, Additionally, um, they did a lot more like looking at what Elle's relationship to Dr. Brenner was, and they made it very clear that Brenner is not a redeemed hero. He is not a character we're in favor of. He is abusive and bad, and I really enjoy that theme a lot. I feel that. I am so happy when he died again. Yes. I still yeah. don't really know how he survived getting his face eaten in the first uh, first series, but mm. I villain yeah. powers. Um, yeah. He does this thing, Rowan, right before he dies, where he's like, "Hell, everything I did was because I cared about you. It was for a purpose to make you stronger. Say you understand." And she just like looks him in the eye and walks away while he's dying. And I'm like, "That fucking rules." Correct. Yeah, Correct. I was yeah. so happy. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of scared she yeah. was gonna like spare his feelings, and he doesn't deserve. No, no, he only Absolutely deserves exactly not. what he got. Yeah. <laughs> Several bullets. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. true. No, this season was definitely more. Um, I, I think it was more cohesive as a season. Like, I, I'm trying to remember like what happened in season two and season three. Honestly, like, I seem to remember season three as being like a trailer to this season. You know, where it season was just, three like, was the one where they wrapped up the Billy plot line, which they introduced in yeah. season two. And so oh, okay. I think that okay. was mostly what happened so there. Maybe, and season maybe three was, was season when they had that felt the like... mall. The mall that was actually brought about by communists, which is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, there's a lot of layers to Stranger Things. It It is really good, but if you're not into horror, then absolutely yeah. not. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. very scary. Um, it is especially, especially the Billy season, there was a lot of... Uh, the way Body that they horror, depicted like... the the mind flare that this thing could control Billy in a way was so horrifying. Uh, yeah, and was... then to find out that the mind flare was just a thing that one created uh, off of possibly the back of some peaceful creature. 
who like was just chilling. I love that there's so much horror behind the upside down, but when it comes down to it, they were just chilling. They had an ecosystem. It was fine. And then a human gets sent there. And within months, that human has turned the entire ecosystem into a singular mental organism that serves him. It's like, yeah, people fucking ruin everything. Yeah, we do. (laughs) I was actually been thinking about that. I guess it's kind of changing the subject, but uh, we can always come back. I was thinking about that as I'm sitting here playing No Man's Sky and thinking about all the different survival games that I've played in the last couple of years and how, you know, everything from Minecraft to this is all about like, okay, you need to survive. Go to a planet and harvest every natural resource you can find. Right. Um, yeah, like yeah. And so yeah. I'm like I'm I'm wondering if there's a way to even make a game about like surviving on your own that's not about cutting down every tree in front of you to build a house. Yeah, basically what you want is a game that is the equivalent of being a spacefaring gray ranger. Somebody who comes into systems who checks out the situation. If people need help, you help them and you never take more than you put back in. And then you go on your way. I would love that game. You, you want the game from the end of free guy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. That is what I want. Honestly, (laughs) if I'm going to explore like entire galaxy, I would rather not to have to build anything to do it or fight anyone to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just freaking strategy, and then I could just play like a four X game or whatever they're calling them these days. I do love four X games, but yes, they are good. I've been thinking against uh, Stellaris, but before we move away from oh, this, Stellaris is oh yeah yeah yeah. Let's, let's um, before I go on a Stellaris rant, please let's go back to Stranger Things. <laughs> last week, uh, I went to the Stranger Things experience in San Francisco. Oh, that's right. Oh, I'm yeah, so glad you that. went. Um, it was incredible um, because they basically. Uh, set you up so like everyone in all of the groups turns out has 11 like powers and the doctors at Hawkins lab freak out about this and like Dr. Brenner is a part of that story is trying to get you to like serve him and the way that they are different groups each have different powers and they put me in the intuitives and they're like, here, this will be your tag. And I look on my tag, and the symbol is an eye in a pyramid. I'm like, oh, I'm going to like this. <laughs> my, <laughs> my, I ended up buying the shirt with that symbol on it because I'm like, they did too good a job on this design. I love this. Um, mm-hmm. Our power is we put our fingers to our temples, and then we just make mental stuff happen. Other people, like the special effects where the cans crush themselves or they move around the table, that's really cool. Seeing kids put their arms out and then are surprised to find it does something, that's great. But the first time I put my fingers to my temples and... Then they show a light show of shadows of spiders, and they're like, are you creating this illusion of spiders? And I'm like, yeah. Hell yeah, I am. That, I guess it is illusion, because they're shadows. They don't look like spiders. Oh my god, this special effect is perfectly toned. And every time we used our power, it did a different thing. The second time, all of the screens went blank, and it did the ESP um, location and then 11 was on the screens in ESP and like oh you contacted me with your mind powers and I was like 
I love this. I, I'm special. That's this is amazing. Super fucking cool. That sounds way cooler sounds... than the drive-through one that we did, even though that was also super cool. It was so interactive. Yeah. We had to like put benches up against uh, walls. Um, we they pointed us to a part of the wall, and then our telekinesis people like thought at it really hard, and then it became <laughs> an opening to uh, the upside down, which was this like. Oh, 180 degree 3D screen, so we had to wear protective goggles before we went into the upside down. And then they used of two course. actors next to the screen to create three different levels of depth, and it was incredibly cool. And then they that bust really awesome. It was fun. Then they bust us out into this uh, uh, mall-like experience where we could spend money on Stranger Things stuff. And I bought a T-shirt with the symbol <laughs> of the group I was in because I was like, "This is a cool Illuminati uh, reference. I love this." <laughs> That's so cool. They also had like vinyl of like the music from Stranger Things, but they had the they only had the one I already owned. And the one for last season, which I'm not so into. So I didn't get that. Okay, also, can we just talk about uh when they roll into the Surfer Boy uh <laughs> franchise? Yeah. It's like my brother, as much as I would love to make a pie for a fellow surfer bro, I'm, like, meeting Josh at the Taco Bell in, like, 10. And, like, it was just a great scene of just, like, two chill-ass dudes mm-hmm. who are, like, mm-hmm. the fate of the universe depends on us using your salt, man. <laughs> also, here's a spiff. It was, in- or spliff, I think they're called. It was incredibly, like... We're in a role-playing game. NPC is not going to let you use their restaurant. Oh, some weed? Thank you. I will take this herb, and you can have my shot <laughs> for the night. <laughs> <laughs> I will partake in your gift. And then they use entire argument and thing to prove that pineapple on pizza is delicious, and I was very touched. Yes. Yeah. Y'all go to some um, cool LARPs. I, I wish... I gotta I got yeah. tell you, it was the shortest and most expensive LARP for the time I spent on it that I've been to. Okay, but but value for time, how would you reach? Oh, very high. I Part of me wants to go again so I can spend more time touching things. <laughs> fair, fair. Yeah. Um, <sighs> you know, it reminded me a lot of the opening to... Um, um, uh, to rise of the resistance in the way that the first order is talking to you. The doctors are like kind of shepherding you through these rooms mm-hmm. and you hear screaming. So you know that like actions about to happen. <laughs> they can't hide that, but they're all pretending everything's great and it's very Orwellian. So I really enjoyed that too. That's awesome. Yeah. Honestly, I, I, I love these interactive type experiences when they're really well run. Yeah, this one was pretty dang good, and also when there are storyline that I care about, mm, that easy buy-in. Yeah, the be-all end-all is the Star Cruiser, and one day we will have a report about that on this podcast because we will have finally saved up the money for it. I mean, it it seems worth it. It's expensive, but oh my god, I would save for that. 
That's how I like yeah. it yeah. for adults. I am it. saving for that, technically, except I'm very bad at money. <laughs> yeah, money's hard. So hey, bad at money. You're, you, so you've saved $2 for it. You know, just, that will just take till the end of our life. I'm um, just sad because for the next three and a half years, the only LARP I'm going to get to attend is called graduate school. Um, oh, <laughs> LARP, LARPing at an adult who uh, is... Yeah, getting it's, through college. It's responsible and has his shit together, yeah. Eh, that's not a, as fun a LARP as they made it out to be when we were kids. But yeah. But once once you're you're done with that, then you can go to all the LARPs and experience... And, ooh, maybe you could work LARPing into your field work or something. Honestly, Honestly like, I, I know that, that role-playing games as a way of delivering therapy is undergoing research right now from a number it's of very different yeah. good. Um, I um, haven't been to a lot of blockbuster LARPs. Both of the blockbuster LARPs I went to were ran by the same group, but they also had therapists on site all weekend, and it was extremely yes. helpful. I Honestly, sat, when they stopped and, having the therapists on site, that's when we were like, New World Magiscolo, what's wrong? Um, right. but... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, if you're going to go to magic school, you need therapy. What were you saying? Well, yeah. School counselors. Come on. <laughs> it's actually something that we've said about every science fiction show that we've watched in the last two years. Oh, go to therapy. Yes, Why is there not a ship counselor? Need therapy. <laughs> Remember, if you come back from a conflict and there's something on your mind, we... Talk it through like a crew. As, As a crew. crew. Right. <laughs> Honestly, best captain. Like he way better. I love that as soon as he's gone, the leadership in general on the show goes way down. And you're like sucks. Now yeah. that Bennett's not there Bonnet's not there, you're like, oh, he was a pretty dang good leader. Right? He was. <laughs> They, they I actually that, that would be that would be a hilarious thing to watch people's brains crumble about. So, who's your favorite captain, Kirk or Picard? Steed Bonnet, <laughs> motherfucking Bonnet. Okay, it sounds like we're done with Stranger Things. I'm guessing I'm the only person who's seen Nope. Yes, yes. you are, okay. and I do want to see it. So, don't spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it. Tell us about it somehow, anyway. Um, it's very good. Um. It is extremely self-aware. It references a movie I already love. And they showed the um, uh, the prequel, not the prequel, the preview to that movie before this one. So it made you think about it. Very similarly to when they showed Joker, some theaters showed a preview for a tax, a Taxi Driver or Cab Driver, or whatever mm. that movie was called. Yeah, because, Taxi Driver, you're right. Because it's kind of the same movie. Um, and I'm not going to yeah. say what movie that was either. But also, the fucking acting, the cinema, even the, like every bit of the writing is incredible. I walked away from that, like, affected. There was a scene I had to turn into Sarah's shoulder and just, like, try not to look at the screen. Because, like... I'm braver when other people are near there, but they found a way to get <laughs> real deep under the skin. Um, 
and it it has a cool surprise. It has a bunch of cool surprises. So yeah, I highly recommend. So, nope, very good. Yes, I saw your post about how awesome it was, and I think I was doom scrolling on Facebook right before falling asleep, and <laughs> my dream was that Nope was done in robot chicken style, <laughs> and that was like the revolutionary thing about it. Is that it was like a Claymation. movie. Stop motion. Like, stop motion. And I woke up going, I don't think that's it. I, I, I think there's probably something else with it, but okay, you, you, you missed it. Mailing, you missed it by this much. <laughs> you woke up and you went, Nope. Oh, well, it's been That's a fun the podcast, movie. folks. We're signing off forever. <laughs> they, they use that word in the movie to indicate what could or could be about to happen in the story. And once you figure the pattern out, it's very funny. Nice. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, I don't know if there's anything else we've been watching together. No, I guess we could all talk about some things we've been watching. Um, Mailing and I have have been watching the latest season. Yeah, uh, Mailing and I have been watching the latest season of Camp Cretaceous, which we have recommended on this very podcast many, many times, and yet our friends have not taken our recommendation to heart and watched it. I wounded it deeply. I, I might, I might. It's so good. Yeah. Like, I... I it has no right to be. It's a, it's a yeah. Jurassic Park tie-in cartoon on Netflix. It has no right to be as good as it is. And no. yet... I have to say, in this um, latest season, we are getting the camp counselors back, and the guy is literally the worst. Yes. The guy it's, camp It's kind of like, as a teacher, I'm getting hives every time he's on screen, uh... because, like, he's just all like, yeah, I'm, like, the best camp counselor ever, and I'm like, you lost six kids. They were the only <laughs> kids you had to pay attention to. And, and you, you left them behind them. on Dinosaur Island. Not in a petting zoo. Like, a dinosaur no. zoo. <laughs> yeah. You are literally the worst. I think Clara is a better teacher than you. Wow. Anyway, sorry. Wow. Sorry. No, like, Oh my god, Clara from Doctor Who made me so mad as a teacher. Oh my god, I can't even. I'm like getting really upset about it. Um, But yeah, no, Camp Cretaceous is awesome. And like the way that they're tying in all the movies. And we're just, we all know what's about to happen. um, Because... This takes place before before Jurassic World movie. Two, so all the dinosaurs on the island are running around and scared because there's earthquakes because you know the fucking volcano's about right. to explode. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. It's so good. And these poor kids, um, they're... therapy, nothing but therapy. therapy forever. Well, I I don't even know if there's going to be enough therapy, especially <laughs> once they get off the island. Yeah. And home, and then they're like, "Are you fucking serious?" There's velociraptors in the national parks now. What the fuck? They're just running so. around. <laughs> Who that... allowed this? <laughs> Only capitalism. Um, the dinosaurs are a metaphor for global warming, which is ironic because without global warming, the dinosaurs will die. Uh... 
I don't even know if that's a plot point. I'm pulling things out of my butt. No, I don't. Yeah. I don't think it is. I think they just somebody finally in the Jurassic World movies was like, okay, we've danced around dinosaurs loose in the real world long enough. Let's make this an actual plot point. And I'm glad they did. It's an interesting plot point. The latest Jurassic World got pretty panned, uh, and I can see why. Uh, especially if you were looking for a Jurassic Park movie and not a action movie with dinosaurs, but I quite appreciated it as an action movie with dinosaurs. The next action really movie with dinosaurs enough. that we need needs to be based on that book series where knights ride velociraptors. Or yes. just Dinotopia. Make Dinotopia oh, yeah. already. Or Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. Ooh. What's that? Uh, it's an old cartoon and comic series from the 90s. Uh, that was, I don't know anything about it. <laughs> oh, okay. Other than it's called Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. Oh, <laughs> I was about right. to like describe the plot, and then I realized I don't actually know the plot to this show. <laughs> I just know it's got Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. It's got like 50s greaser culture and dinosaurs. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Okay. Patrolling if you know the products. plot of Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, please, please email, email us. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... Um, but yeah, Camp Cretaceous, really good. Uh, we've also been watching Only Murders in the Building, season mm. two. And um, as fabulous as season one was. Yes. And uh, we're really upset that it's not the Netflix model of release at all. So we're fully caught up and I need to know what happened and it's driving me crazy. Um, what else have we been watching? That's the main thing. Talked about Strange New World. Yeah. Have you watched the end of the house? No, no. Oh, it's really good. It's also like, anxiety that there isn't more is also a fact of the right. Um, it it really is really good. Yes. Oh, go ahead. Yes, Can you tell all of our wonderful listeners the amazing bit of um, anime news that you shared with me earlier? Uh, yes, I was I was actually going to do a full anime corner anyway. So this is you, Excellent. and I hadn't even remembered about that one. So thank you. Um, oh, you're welcome. Almost ten years ago, an anime. Oh, God, has it been that long? Yes, almost ten years ago. A little fun anime called The Devil is a Part-Timer started airing uh, about this dark lord of a magical world who, in the final battle against the hero, was forced to flee to another world, which ended up being ours. And because our world is low magic, uh, he started having to do things very differently with his lieutenant. And over the course of a couple of years, he and his lieutenant end up living an incredibly modest life in a single room apartment with no air conditioning where he works at a McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and, very and he's really, McDonald's. yes. And he's really excited about his life here. It's way less stress. Yeah. There's yeah. always that veneer of we're saving up to definitely, uh, improve our armaments to go back and take over that world. And then they spend that money on things like a new bicycle Doolahan, or an umbrella, or clothing from the most affordable Japanese brand of clothing in Japan, Uniqlo, which at the time was shit on very much for being not especially high quality. Um, 
Yeah. It's got a second season. At last. <laughs> After <laughs> 10 years. Well, because if I remember correctly, it ended, like, because there's also a an, ava- an avenging angel who's a girl. And, of course, there's, like, tension between them. Yeah, and so the hero is... keep fighting. He doesn't have the so, patience. Spoiler. Yeah. The hero is half angel. Yeah, she's half angel and, like... Other angels from their world want the fight to continue and for the demon lord, Satan, to be destroyed. And she's mostly like, I mean, he's kind of annoying, but I also have a day job. Yeah. Like, I work in a call center for Dokodemo, which is like a phone company. And I make decent money and have a nice apartment. And I'd really rather interact with him as little as possible. Except that I'm extremely suspicious that he's always up to no good and have to make sure which is how she ends right. up getting involved in all the bullshit hijinks. Uh, yes. It's it's just, it's an absolutely fantastic anime. It's just super fun. And the idea of the devil working in a McDonald's is just in, Inherently. So the juxtaposition uh, is quite but... good. And it's a really good, like, inversion of the so I died and entered a fantasy realm kind of stories. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a reverse isekai. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. So far, the second season, I'm not enjoying as much, mostly because it is very clear that the animation changed studios and probably directors and the direction that they're taking the animation in season two. Um, in season one, although things were silly, uh, th- the animation in terms of people's expressions was by and large more grounded. Uh, and, and in some uh, of the this is going full Teen Titans, it's going full like uh, elastic face, weird, uh, oh, like a manga. for the laughs expressions. Yeah. Um, so that part I haven't liked quite as much. And although they're probably being true to manga and what the next big plot thing is, I know nothing about it and it seems weird. And also there's been a, uh, I, yeah, I don't, I guess I probably don't need to say this. Okay. Um, but yeah, there, there are things about it that I have found weird and have taken me out of my appreciation for it. Not least of which is that within the first 10 minutes of the show, they make a ha ha, he got fat, isn't that funny joke about one of the villain characters. That sucks. Um, Yeah. Uh, Basically, if you remember the blue-haired guy who was in like the second half of season two and was an angel and doing Uh stuff and had a massive crush on like the day shift manager at McDonald's. Yeah, they were basically just like in order to try and woo her, He's been coming to McDonald's every day and buying a lot of food to show how generous he is. And it has not been for his health. Yeah. That, that's not generosity. Like, look at look at how much money I have. Look how much patronage I'm giving your store. And also here's a bouquet of flowers. I am also I am now oh. honor bound to take all of this and eat it, and it has not been good for him. Um that's the, the saddest thing about that is that there are people who actually do that yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so 
when the show is like, haha, isn't that funny? I'm like, no, no, it's not. No, it's not. This is deeply unfunny. Why? Why? Anyway. So yeah, that came out. Uh, also in this season, there's a bu- been a bunch of different anime coming out. Some of it uh, more interesting than others. Uh, we're unfortunately at the point where we're looking at mostly a trash fire because there have been a couple of promising anime and a few milk toast anime that within the first couple of episodes are like, actually, we think slavery is just fine. And I'm what? like, no, oh, I'm, no. Yeah. What? Yeah. Anime? Whereas a basic, whereas a basic conceit where they're like, how are we going to have our main protagonist run into powerful and plot convenient girls? And they're like, how about slavery? And they're like, okay. Oh, no. God. Yeah. That sounds like yeah, the plot so of that's, a hentai. Yeah, speaking of the plot of hentai, the dumpster fire that <laughs> I have been fi- finding acceptable and enjoyable so far to watch is called My Stepmother's Daughter is My Ex. Um, uh, okay. Yeah, that does sound like some I things mean, I've seen on the internet. Yeah. Not by choice. Yeah, it's yeah. mostly it's mostly non-horny <laughs> and actually kind of sweet. Uh, but basically the, the, the premise of that one is, uh, a guy and a girl who dated in middle school for a couple of years, they met in the library as two shy nerds and they really like, uh, helped each other blossom into more interesting people. Uh, but then over time became really awful for each other and swore never to see each other again. And then their parents got married. Uh, ah, that is awkward yeah so now they're starting high school together uh trying to make their high school debuts as a which is a thing in japan where like no one can know who i was in middle school because that's deeply embarrassing nobody knows me at this new school i am going to present myself in a deeply inauthentic way in order to be more popular and better lives honestly that's kind of i I was like kind of american too yeah Yeah, i guess it's a huge trope but it's also very accurate to how kids in high school think yeah. yeah. So so they're they're trying to do that and also be like, yep, we're definitely siblings, definitely siblings, definitely only siblings who have never been anything else to each other at any point in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what God. are you doing? But they also so, have bro, Are you moving on from our relationship? Okay, that sounds healthy. <laughs> so part of the central conflict of this thing is that um they were born within 30 minutes of each other. And the girl really, really, really wants to be able to call the boy, her younger brother. And he's like, heck no. If anything, you're my younger sister. So they decide to have a friendly contest where, uh, the one of us who acts in the least sibling like manner has to take a penalty, which is being referred to as the younger sibling. And over, yeah, and and after enough of these penalties, then they will be. We will have determined for certain which one of us is the younger one. You know, by merit. Well, yeah. The only problem is that they're not entirely over each other. So, right. Yeah. Right. Obviously. Obviously. Yeah. 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 So it's been it's been fun for the most part to watch. It can't hold a candle to the three absolutely amazing seasons of Kaguya-sama Love is War that we that we got <laughs> but it's it's been fun and and I would recommend people nice. at least try that out and completely avoid 
uh, Black Summoner, and I can't remember the name of the other one. But yeah. <sighs> so yeah, that's my that's my anime corner for this yeah, time. Thanks for your anime corner. Although I really have to figure out where they're airing Uncle from Another World because the premise of that one is fucking amazing. So basically, the idea of Uncle from <laughs> Another World is uh, this guy, this this young regular hip and happening modern guy, goes to visit his uncle who's just woken up from a coma that he entered when he was hit by a truck when he was a teenager, and the uncle is now like forty years old. And the uncle is like, "Yeah, I was in another world." doing stuff and he he's come back into uh, our world with all of the powers and equipment that he had when he was isekai'd but huh, whoa yeah so okay. he's like yeah there were a lot of haters and i had to prove them wrong but the main love the main uh love interest in his isekai story was at tsundere and he entered the other world before that term and concept was invented so he just assumed she was another one of the haters and nothing ever happened with that relationship oh no <laughs> Because he but wasn't yeah. genre aware, and that's the dangerous yeah. of not being genre aware. Yeah, so I really have to figure out where that's airing so I can watch it because that sounds like so much fun to me. Nice. Um, I thought for a second that this was going to be an anime version of that show from the '60s where this guy, who is the weird uncle, is actually a Martian from Mars that they ended up remaking with uh um, my favorite martian yeah my favorite martian it had what's his name who played doc Blant brown when they made the movie it was actually oh uh, uh, yeah, very lloyd. Good. yeah christopher lloyd fantastic actor has nothing to do with this anime though i thought it was aliens not aliens it's not aliens it's it's japanese isekai shit um but yeah really looking forward to checking that out um Anything specific and of interest that you've been checking out this week, Jairus? Oh my goodness. Oh <laughs> my goodness. Yes, I finished The Way of Kings. Woo! It's been almost a year, and um, since I originally yeah. started the book, eight years. Because <laughs> I read 30 pages. Um, at the beginning of a very difficult time in my life when I became so depressed I couldn't read, and I thought, maybe it's the book. Well, no, I was just depressed. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> well, well, I mean, <laughs> probably if you're in a really deep depression... Um, book one of Stormlight Archives is maybe not the greatest not. place the, to the, go. Yeah, yeah. The first not. book was so hard. <laughs> Depression. Yeah. <laughs> Depression. Depression. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, no, I really... What do you think? Okay, so, I mean, on one thing, I don't know if I'm following, as it were, all of the things that he's modeling about this society and this people. However, I cannot fucking talk to people about this book without at least one person in the group who's read it spoiling something in the story for me. So I found oh, out a no. number of things accidentally when I'm like, I don't know about this Aya's race um, analog. I'm not feeling it. And then someone tells me something from the second book that makes it better. And I'm like, okay, I guess I know that now. Um, and the <laughs> other thing is Sorry. I got so upset when I found out 
that their slaves uh, were the big bad and they just actually enslaved them. And I was like, oh, is that what? Then I went and looked up everything about those people on the wiki and I enjoyed everything I learned and it's making me wish I was reading the next book sooner, but I can't do another 1200 page book right now. And maybe yeah. understandable for the rest totally of the understandable. Year. Honestly, the audiobook of the Stormlight Archives is fantastic. The people reading the audiobook are amazing. So it's a uh, Michael Kramer and Kate Winslet. No, no. Back in I, I wish. No, it's not a famous Olsen? name, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, stop. Uh, so they're really, really good. And the only thing is that all the names are not going to be the names that you have been saying in your head. No. Um, they're going to be pronounced in a different way. Um, and in fact, from book to book, they change their pronunciation sometimes. Oh, no. A little annoying. But I highly, highly Highly, 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 highly recommend the audiobook versions of the Starlight Archives. Maylene does her, her um, annual 13 hour re listen. No, it's more than that now. Oh, oh it's a 54 hour. Oathbringer, Oathbringer by itself is a 25 hour audiobook. <laughs> hey. But it's really great for when you're doing like laundry. Yeah. The dishes. Uh, Jairus um, brought up earlier listening to podcasts while playing Overwatch. This would be another spot where that would fit. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Like it's it's worth it. It's it's really good. But would you say that once you kind of got into Kaladin and Shalon's story in book one? It was it made it easier to kind of keep Kaladin and Shalon. Like no one yeah. else's story gripped me the way theirs does. And Kaladin's story I really liked. I like ascendant slave stories. You know me. I love people fighting oppression. That's fucking great. But it was so depressing yeah. in the beginning. And Shalon's internal mystery is so suffused throughout what's going on that like them yeah. together kept me going. Now I gotta say. Oh, them together kept you going, huh? No, shit is gonna be real interesting. Oh, no! (laughs) Every time! (laughs) (laughs) Um, I read the last 200 pages of that book in a period of one five hour stint until four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's how Sanderson goes. Welcome to the Stormlight Archives. I, every 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 book goes, every book about three quarters of the way through you're gonna go I've enjoyed this but God this book is long and then something's gonna happen and you're gonna go there's oh, no I God. can't put this down I gotta know what happens after yeah. the beat there were I've been wanting Kaladin um, and uh, Lord what's his name uh, I mean Dalimar Dalimar to get together um, because. Uh, I I did uh, I did some meditation stuff and purposefully forgot that um, Kaladin's uh, spren friend is an honor spren because a metamor of mine told me that um, in, in one of those conversations and I just deleted it from my mind. 
Um, and <laughs> the moment when I found that out, I'm like, you and Dalinar need to meet. This is these situations. Yes. And then when it came down to like, well, I don't want to feel shit about myself. And though I am the lowest of the low, I can do something to help this person. And then Dalinar comes through for him, which is wild. I almost didn't expect that. And it, oh, and the the fucking conspiracy that's revealed makes so much sense. And it makes all of the other postscripts I was reading make way more sense at the beginning of all the chapters. It's just... Don't you just want to punch Sadius in the face, though? Sadius is a goddamn... Sadius is a goddamn not as smart as he thinks he is manipulator who's going to think himself into a lot of bad shit. Like his argument for why he had to do that was so full of holes. It was wild. And also like everything he did relied on the fact that no one under his command would ever say like the truth of what happened. And that you can't keep a secret amongst four thousand people, my guy. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, but I'm yeah. a lord. They'll obey me. Go fuck yourself. I I own yeah. all these people. Dalnar's like, I want every goddamn slave in this camp. They are mine now and they're free. Oh God, like that moment <sighs> so good. And like I was you I was not sure about Dalinar throughout the whole book, mm-hmm. and then that happened and I was like, Cool, I will follow you into hell, my king. I started crying <laughs> yeah. when he was like, No the oh. moment he said, You are free now, you will be free, and you don't have to stay with me. I was like, I this should have happened from the beginning. This society's so fucked up. I I honestly They're... I hope the parchment destroy you guys. <laughs> it the Dalinar is the only book character uh, and this is not a bad thing. Nothing bad happens to him yet. Oh, I mean, bad stuff happens, but not like he's not dead. Um, but uh, he's the only character who's made me like broken, ugly cry uh, from something. And I cannot tell you what it is. And I refuse to tell you what it is, but it's an oh, Oathbringer. Please do not uh, tell me. Near the end of Oathbringer. And oh my God, I uh, it broke me in half yeah. in the best possible way. His story as well about figuring out that he's not going insane and what he's hearing is a, a recording was so profound. And also that journey is like so many magical journeys I've read about or experienced. It's exactly like that where you feel one more thing and suddenly it's clear what's been happening to you. It, it was, and in that, in that conversation, God admits they're in a pantheon that he is not the only God and like Dalinar isn't paying attention. So he doesn't pick up on that clue. And I'm like, Oh, this world got way more interesting in two Uh sentences. What? Who is (laughs) perseverance? What is, this is incredible. Mm. What's going on? Yeah. Oh my God. I fucking. Jairus, did you read Mistborn? Yo, yes. That's the other thing. I recognize perseverance from Mistborn. (laughs) Is that, I saw that's that. that like, yep. I know this. <laughs> Welcome to the Cosmere. It's a wild fucking ride. I yeah. I oh my god. It it ended up being very worth it. Although it was like an eleven, ten month read. Um, but yeah. 
I think you did it right, though, that you took your time so you could really process everything yeah. that was happening because there's so much yes and in that book doing it in one book allowed me to chart like how much more comfortable i was getting in reading with like a single metric it i stopped mm. reading five pages at a time 10 pages started reading 50 to 100 pages in a sitting and like now um, I immediately picked up Ronin, uh, the book that Rowan gave oh, me. Oh, I can't wait for you to hear what you think about Ronin. Oh, man. Okay, so I got a third through this book before I went to the back and like, they have so many cool non-binary characters. This non-binary character is not a Jedi or a Sith. I love flipping back written by a non-binary person holy shit i melted down Mm -hmm. i was like this is a story i've always wanted to read in star wars and also okay no more cosmere stuff i am focusing on ronin um the way they describe (laughs) what a way way to fucking expand on like the one of the shorts and visions that while it was cool had like the least amount of story and man did they expand the The shit out of it story is so good and like the way they describe the Force is profound. Everyone yeah. we've met so far is a dual light side, dark side user. The Force is only yep, ever nice. expressed in both. People use both. The Sith yep. do have a crueler aspect, and it is, so far, I'm really loving the necromancy stuff. That's very cool. Um, yeah. Neither the Jedi nor the Sith really have a moral basis for the force anymore and the way it is related to like ancient samurai stories is oh it's fucking perfect it's so good yeah and they 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 change it because it's an alternate universe they change it completely to be like who the jedi and sith are changes completely and it's really fascinating in many ways though it is not canon i feel like this story comments on canon tropes and truths in star wars in such a fascinating way um and also the way it's written is incredibly gorgeous they the writer uses phrases to describe small mechanical things happening in the world that elicit the same wonder as watching it on a big screen it feels like this person is like i kind of know what this samurai story is going to be like and i definitely know star wars and I I am so happy. Like, it's so good to yeah. read Star it's Wars shit really written by another non-binary person. That's wild to me. Yeah, I mean, it's not. I don't think there are any non-binary authors in the High Republic yet. But you've got to get into the High Republic. I, I definitely so much of what yeah. they're doing there. I and like I'm already over a hundred pages. Like I'm going through this book super fast. Thanks yeah. to like the work I've been doing on the way of Kings. I, I feel a lot better about reading and more comfortable. Yeah. It's, you, you know, what's a problem I'm finding recently. Hmm. Uh, Star Wars books are coming out too fast. Yes. Yep. Uh, there's uh, so I'm still reading shadow of the Sith. Uh, uh, Padawan, the Obi-Wan is a teenager. And by the way, he's bisexual and star Wars idiots are losing their mind about it. Uh, book. It just came out. There was also, <laughs> what um... did you just say? Are we talking? Oh about... yeah. They, 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 they hint in the new, uh, young for, for like younger readers, uh, 
uh, Obi-Wan book, which is just called Padawan, uh, that he's also attracted to men. You were my brother, Anakin. I loved you. Mm-hmm. Ah! Oh my god! <laughs> Uh, so there's that um there's something else that just oh yeah the princess and the scoundrel just came out which i desperately want to read it's han and leia's honeymoon on the halcyon like who wouldn't want to read that i Uh, I am desperately hoping this book just fixes a ton of shit from uh, the courtship of princess leia yes absolutely (laughs) um yeah um and i so i'm still not finished with shadow of the sith and i actually um started shadow of the sith skipping over one of the books from the High Republic that I still haven't read uh, because it's in a box somewhere. So I have to finish that. Find the High Republic Phase 2 is starting soon. They're coming out too fast. I don't have time to read anything else, much less keep up with the Star Wars books. Yeah, I, I, my reading list is getting bigger and bigger, but I'm actually making a dent in it now. So I have hope that eventually, eventually, I will be able to read these books. Yeah. And we'll see you in three months when you begin the next Stormlight Archive. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think I've I've got a nonfiction study of magic through an anthropological lens that I'm halfway done with from like a year ago that I need to finish. And then after that, I think I'm going to try and get into um, um, a wicked education. What's it called? Uh, A deadly education. Yes, a deadly education. That's next Definitely on my good. list. Well worth it, because the we third will... book is coming yeah. out in September. I'm not going <gasps> to yes. be able to make okay. that. I should read these, but I'm so far behind. You're not the problem behind. Is, as an, the problem is, as an adult, finding time to just sit down and read. Especially as an adult with a toddler. Right, yeah. <laughs> Why do you think I do audiobooks? I know, but I like reading. So, so the the best. This is probably not going to work with a toddler aged child. Um, the best uh, compromise my brain is able to provide is read the book to your kid. I did that for a little bit with um, some book that I thought would be appropriate, but she uh, she was not interested. And yeah. as you know, when the fusion is not interested, nothing doing. Yeah. <laughs> Kids, what was it that I ended up reading to her? It, was, uh, it might have been Ronan, actually. I think it was Ronan. She was like, what are you reading, Daddy? And I was like, oh, I'll just read this to you. Ronan is actually a book I think would be quite appropriate to read to a child. It isn't. It talks yeah, about dark stuff, but it doesn't describe it. Yeah. Yeah, she um, is still very much not into adventure of any kind. Uh, if there's any sort of danger, she would not like to be part of this media. Thank you very much. There, There's definitely an age thing where conflict is just so scary and hard up until, like, I, I hear different parents try and get kids used to it or objectively not see any of it at all because they don't want as much violence in their kids' media. Um, yeah. But, I yeah. want the violence. Please let me expose my daughter to violence. Please stop being scared of violence so I can expose you to it. Feeling <laughs> <laughs> is giving me a look right now. <laughs> uh, but like speaking of adventure, we started watching Sea Beast with her, okay. and that movie is everything I have ever wanted in a pirate show. Sea Beast. It is so cool. 
The aesthetic is phenomenal. That's good the for pirates. The action is incredible. And we only saw five minutes. And the fusion was like totally freaked out by the the kraken monster meanwhile mike and i are sitting on the couch literally bouncing with the this yes. is swashbuckling the only like, thing about it that it could it could be problematic is that because of the very premise which is it's about pirate like people hunting sea monsters there's a lot of parallels that can be drawn to whaling which is not something i ever want to mm-hmm. see like yeah. glorified in any media but mm-hmm. yeah that's fair yeah um, and there are a lot of story, like, I'm just thinking of some of the adult media. I know in most of the pirate stuff has, if they fight things under the sea, it's very whaling-esque. All of them yeah. are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, definitely, uh, Sea Beast, we will, Mike and I will be finishing that movie at, at some, some point. point on our own. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the aesthetic was just really really cool um but yeah i i think like she's just not into monsters <laughs> oh like, but you're okay. a monster family no i get it yeah um at, at least like she accepts plushy godzilla into her life yeah she actually was uh we were watching uh, i was watching king of the monsters on uh tv the other day when we were hanging out at my parents' place, uh, and she was vaguely interested in some of it. I was pointing out Godzilla and Mothra and stuff to her. Mothra She didn't best. seem quite as scared. Oh, good. It's wild, because those are pretty intense modern movies. Yeah, yeah, I think they're just, because they're, like, so out of the realm of reality, maybe? I don't know. It's incredibly fantastical, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think they have names versus the unnamed Kraken. Like yeah. w- when characters. we show her Godzilla, we're like, "Oh, this is Godzilla. This is Matra." You know, like we're kind of explaining what's happening. Whereas we're like, "Oh, hey, this is an evil monster that they're harpooning in the face." You know, <laughs> like, it's mm. a little too yeah. much. Yeah, too intensely. Yeah. Um, but, oh, so, uh, speaking of adventuring swashbuckling, I am reading the second book in the Wisterious Society for Lady Scoundrels series by India Holton, and it's called the, uh, Gentlewomen League of Witches, I think, and so it turns out in this Victorian world, they have, um, pirates, who use magic and witches who used to be um, like they diverted over probably like an argument over a tea and crumpets or something like that. And um, the witches don't believe in using magic in public, whereas the pirates are levitating their houses to go like, plunder pirates so it's just kind of magic yeah yeah so it's it's a very interesting world it's very smartly written and it's um a lot more spicy in this book Uh, because it's a slightly older female protagonist so she uh she knows what she wants and she gets it um so it's 
it's quite good but uh definitely recommend if if you're into smart sassy women oh i do um, like smart sassy women and really dumb himbo men oh i like dumb himbo men too maybe not to date but in books i feel like it'd be fun to be a himbo I mean, you Define can only get beat. someone's head Why are you head smiling out. at me? You <laughs> said I wasn't a hippo. <laughs> you can only get someone's head out of a bucket so many times before it's not cute. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's why you use a paper bag instead of a bucket. Anyway. Oh, well, you can't hold water in a paper oh. bag, Imbo. I bet you put it over their head because the facial expressions they make are too distracting. But anyway. It uh, is definitely not purposeful that they uh, have a a bucket on their head. This is definitely hijinks. I'm describing hijinks. Walk up to you. Not kink. There's a difference between kink and hijinks. Okay. (laughs) What about kink jinx? Uh, Kink jinx sounds like a name of a uh, a dominate. Dom? Oh, speaking of uh, kinky, which reminded me of Jinkies. Uh, so, uh, Jairus, well, not Jairus, not as much, but I started playing uh, Multiverses today, which is the new yes. free-to-play um, uh, WB... What? Sorry? Go, go. No, 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 what was your go. question? I want to answer. I was going to say, how is this related to kink? Kink, kink reminded me of... Kinky, kink, somebody jink. said kinkies. Jinkies. Which reminded me of jinkies. Because Velma... Which reminded me of is... Velma is in the game, yes. Got it. Velma is got a playable... It. Sorry, this, this is a Smash Brothers clone. It's free to play. Um, it's got an interesting business model in that none of the characters are unlocked to start. There's four free characters you can play as. It rotates every week, like League of they Legends. They are but, good characters, uh, though. Like Steven Universe well, and... A character named Garnet is in it. Yeah, Garnet's in it. Steven Universe is in it. Um, I heard. I haven't played with her yet, but I heard today about Velma's uh, play style, and apparently mm-hmm. she um, uh, she gathers clues while while fighting. And if she gathers enough clues, she will actually call the cops on her opponents and have them hauled away. <laughs> <laughs> Did she get to take their mask off if they're Batman? What? I don't think so, but... (laughs) Turns out it was just old man Wayne trying to beat the crap out of us. (laughs) I've been playing... uh, I was was playing a lot with Garnet, um, which is... uh, She's great. She's a a bruiser. She hits like a freaking truck. Uh, But I just unlocked Arya Stark, uh, who is the only character I like from Game of Thrones. And she is very fun to play. I'm very... She does. She can steal people's faces and then use, and then she turns into them to do a taunt, and it stuns them. Ooh, that is honestly, a stunning I'd be taunt. Stunned too. Yeah. <laughs> that would be stunning. Wow, that just killed the whole last conversation. Please. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm definitely. I, I think it's getting late. Not playing Overwatch. When you talked about me playing Overwatch, wasn't playing Overwatch then. Mm. Certainly mm-hmm. not playing it now. Of course so not. So I, I would say I, I think we're all kind of yeah. slowing down, and my computer's at twenty five percent battery. Cool. Sounds like we should. So, uh, so let's all talk about what we did this week. Oh wait, we did that for the last hour. Excellent. <laughs> well scheduled, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, but, but, but I only, I only took. 
I only talked about anime. What about video games? <laughs> Go, go, Rowan, go! Quickly, quickly tell us about your video games. games. Okay, well, very briefly, uh, Mike, I think it was you who said that the story of Battlefront 2 was actually worth playing. Um, Yes, yes. Yes. How did you get past the two initial dogfighting segments without completely giving up on the game? Because Uh... this is some of the worst space fighting it has ever been that I have ever tried to get through. Like even turning the, turning the difficulty all the way down doesn't help because my tin can explodes if it touches or even is looked at sideways by anything. Uh, the auto retilt of the camera when you're just trying to fly around is super agonizing. I mean, I think you can turn that off because I don't remember an auto retail to my camera. Yeah, I had okay. to turn that off in order to get through the thing. I also struggled a bit, yeah. but I made some the big adjustments. piece of advice. That, oh, sorry. Oh, just some adjustments sorry. to my gameplay, and then okay. it was a lot easier to the gameplay. Okay. The big piece of advice I remember is um, I remember getting, and you may already know this. I may just be uh, telling you things you already know, but. Um, uh, you uh, is to not try and turn like you would in Star Fox, like not try and physically turn your ship, but rotate your ship to the side and move up or down to chase enemies, and that gets you locked onto them much easier. Okay. <sighs> uh, unfortunately, I don't remember struggling with those sections, so I'm sorry. Okay. Well, I mean, if I can go into the options and make things easier for myself that way, then then that should clear that up, and I'll actually be able to like finish that story, so I can talk with you guys about it. Uh, yeah, other it's than, a fun story. Yeah. Other than that, uh, I mean, plus I've you got to get to the Luke Skywalker level. It's just it's oh, just, it's, it's so it's good. So I didn't realize there was one, so now I have something. There's to push also towards. a Leia level uh, that's really good too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in addition to that, uh, during this heat wave up here, I've been starting to watch Mice and Murder, which has been great. I'm only Yay! three episodes in, but looking forward to checking yes! out more of that. And I think I have finally finished my bout of playing uh, Warframe for at least the next several months. I unlocked a weapon, which is an attache chase, an attache case that folds out into a guide by wire rocket launcher. And it was so boring to use that I was like, I'm done playing this for a while, I think. <laughs> so. <laughs> air, air. <laughs> but yes, I, I am looking forward to coming back to it after a few months to play uh, the two new things that are coming out. In a few months, there's going to be, uh, I don't, uh, 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 Veil Breakers or something like that, where you get to play. Veil Breakers, well, that's a cool ass name. Yeah, which, um, giving as few spoilers as possible, uh, is going to be a specific game mode that lets you play as a Grenier clone doing stuff for story stuff. Um, And then the next one after that is going to be the Duviri Paradox, where it's another alternate game mode, which is a roguelite, which is all backstory for the game. So, yeah. So that's going to be a lot of fun to check out once that finally comes out. And I don't remember if I had told all of you at the last TennoCon, the creative directorship of Warframe officially changed hands from the person who started the game on Kickstarter like 10 years ago to the person 
who worked her way up from an intern in that company to become wow. uh, the uh, social media handling person. And then uh, I don't remember what her other title was before she became creative director. But yeah, she worked herself up from an intern to being the community manager and on and on and up and up. And now she is actually officially in charge of where Warframe is going next. So Ooh. I think that's going to be very mobility cool. for nice. a community manager. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that you, the... That... <laughs> hey, hey. I also, I also lack ambition, so, you know. <laughs> well, there's that. Um, but, I mean, in the new war, which is one of the last really big cinematic quests in a specific, like, line of story quests is basically her baby and i don't know that we would have gotten the story that we did in that quest line without it being a woman saying hey can we use our game to tell this story so nice yeah um so really looking forward to seeing where warframe goes next i need a break Yep. <laughs> grindy grindy games uh eventually grind you out. Well, yeah, I mean they added cooler ways to grind is the thing, and those were briefly holding me over. Like they added a mechanic where if you do things in a particular way, you get assigned like a Shadow of Mordor style unique enemy. Ooh, uh, who oh, you neat. have to Yeah, who you have to go and like progressively hunt down until you figure out specifically what their weakness is. And then you have a final confrontation with them at the end of which you can either bring them to your side, at which point they can randomly spawn in in missions and help you out for a little while. If you seem to be struggling, or you can put them on your railjack crew as a permanent member who helps defend your ship while you're flying around and doing stuff, or you can just kill them and take a very souped up powerful special weapon off of them. Who's, extra power stuff is informed by what warframe you were using when you spawned them in the first place. Oh, cool. cool. Yeah. I have to say, I really like like any game (laughs) where you could do um, the Hope Punk Mary Sue Larry Stu thing where you just continue to befriend your enemies until you run out of enemies. That is a The Steven Universe thing. Exactly. I mean, mean, many characters do it. (laughs) But I want to do but it. But it's, it's Steven's specialty. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's hard to have enemies when you directly address people's trauma and tell them and make sure that they know that they're not alone and they are loved. It's always also yeah. fun when I think this happened once in um, uh, Kipo and the Age of the One Cubo and the Age of the Wonder Beast. Um, I'm probably mispronouncing her name where one character was like, you can't just make a connection with me. And suddenly we're not in conflict anymore. I feel like you're not listening to my problems. Like, it was very like, <laughs> denied. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, so yeah, that's been me for this week. Okay. Who would like cool. to go next? Nice. Anybody else have anything that they didn't talk about already? No. I also started playing yeah, okay. um, uh, Multiversal, but like literally 10 minutes before we started recording. Yeah. Oh, I actually do have one thing. Um, I started playing Paper Mario Origami King, Ooh. and this game is hilarious. <laughs> like, the writing in this game is way funnier than it has any right to be. 
and it's super fun and i just wish my daughter would let me play it oh yeah so um yeah but it's a lot of fun so i have to play it like you know when she's not around mm-hmm. she's decided we're not playing it until christmas mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah huh. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, well, folks, this has been an awesome episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, we are the Ace of Geeks. Uh, if you liked this show and you want to hear more, you can find us on uh, Twitter at Ace of Geeks. You can find us on Facebook at uh, The Ace of Geeks. Uh, and uh, you can find our website, aceofgeeks.net, where we'll have uh, all the episodes and some cool places to jump on board if you're new to the podcast. We have two other podcasts you can listen to. Uh, the first one is ja- Yavin Radio. Jairus, what's Yavin Radio like? Yavin Radio is a Star Wars in-universe comedy podcast. Um, it's a bit like a talk radio um, done via improv and many um, incredible guests, including all four of the voices you have heard tonight. That's right. The whole first season of that is out right now, so just search for Yavin Radio. Uh we also have just launched our new TTRPG actual play podcast called Edge of Reality. Rowan, what's Edge of Reality like? Uh, Edge of Reality is a lot of fun. Basically, you can come in every couple of weeks as long as we have a season actively running uh, and hear us four play uh, various role-playing games with rotating GMs. Uh, the first season is Kids on Brooms. Come and listen to three awkward magical teenagers uh, one of whom is non-binary, one of whom is dead, and the other of whom is just incredibly driven. Uh, solve problems uh, that, you know, teenagers get into. Like, ah, oh, there's there's this bully who won't leave me alone. Ah, oh, my teacher gave me a book of infinite power, and I'm trying to figure out what to do with it. Uh, you know, regular teenager stuff. Um, and also go on dates and generally be awkward. It's yeah. True. Very so, awkward. Hilariously so. So if... If any of that sounds fun to you, uh, come on down to the Edge of Reality TTRPG Live Play podcast. Check it out. At this point, there are about five episodes out, and uh, in the next week or two, the finale will release, and then we'll go on a little bit of a pause while we edit the next season, which we already have in the can. It just needs editing. (laughs) Uh, My name is Mike Vadim. Uh, oh wait sorry no if you have any thoughts on the show and you have any things that you want us to talk about or anything like that if uh, you want to issue any corrections yeah sure give us those why not please Uh, (laughs) please please give us engagement someone please anybody validate us our existence Uh, (laughs) um so uh sorry you please do email us and curious how do they do that a c e o f g e k s p o d c a s t i n g at gmail dot com. That's Ace of Geeks Podcasting at gmail dot com. Uh, my name is Mike Fadem. I have been one of your hosts t- uh, today. Thank you for having me into your eardrums. Uh, I am uh, found on Twitter at Vengeance God and on Instagram at. Uh, uh, Broken Infinity Films, and on TikTok at Vengeance God 2. Uh, I'm currently have some content blowing up there about uh, mailing starships to walls. People seem to enjoy that sort of thing. So, uh, uh, please check out uh, the League of Swords at LeagueofSwords.com. We're getting ever closer to our launch of our first official season here in Los Angeles, but there's a whole test season you can watch that has amazing stuff in it, uh, including uh, some wonderful performances from Rowan and Jairus. 
Uh, so it's absolutely worth your time to check out. Uh, it's a wonderful combination of fighting games, professional wrestling, and sword fights. I think you'll enjoy it. You can find it at LeagueOfSwords.com. Mailing go! Uh, you can find me on TikTok at MLKitty1875. Jaris, go! Um... I'm doing nothing. Oh, okay. I have, like, nothing. Oh, God, play. I forgot things to plug. Sorry, I have two more things to plug. My bad. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, you, you should hear me at the end of a TTRPG episode when I have to do this, including our podcast as well. It goes on forever. Uh, every Sunday at 7 a.m. PT, uh, you can hear me, uh, hear and see me on the Lost Caravan RPG Twitch channel playing Lancer. Uh, it's a very fun game about giant robots. It's great. You'll love it. Uh, and uh, every Monday at noon PT, you can see me on the Fell underscore Strike Twitch channel playing a lovely and fun game of the Power Rangers role-playing game. Uh, and all, both of these are great, and I think you'll enjoy them. Uh, anyway, whoever Maylene called, now go. Uh, my name's Jaris Maragopoulos. If you're interested in any of my... Um, writings about uh, spirituality or magic. You can find those at firstchurchofthemorningstar.com. Our blog has writings by multiple people, so you can just find mine by my name. Additionally, and I probably should have done this earlier, but if you're in the Bay Area and you want to learn about magic, I am teaching classes on occultism through Wicked Grounds. Um, I have already taught four of them this summer. I've got two more. One on more complex uh, thaumaturgy and another one on Sumerian reconstructionist magic. Mailing? No, no, Mailing went. Rowan, go! No, Harry went. Hello! I am Rowan. Uh... During the pandemic, which some people think is ongoing, and I agree with them, uh, I made a bunch of musical deets and dudes, little uh, video gamey, cyberpunky musical things uh, that you can find in a SoundCloud link down below uh, in the description of this episode. Uh, if you like what you hear and you're interested in telling me to make more music using your money, you can go to coffee.com. That's k o f i.com slash celebrial. That's s a l e i b. R-I-E-L. It's a little online tip jar. Throw $3 in there and earn my undying appreciation. And if no one has done so by the end of August, that page will disappear. And I think that's it. So we're going to end our podcast the same way we always end our podcast with a long speech about economics. I'm just kidding. That was an Ace of Geeks podcast. Hello and welcome. Just look to our benevolent emperor and he would give us direction. But as long as we live up to his ideals, you know, wearing cloaks, not allowing those young whippersnappers to talk back to you, force lightning. You've been sliced by Yavin Radio. I am Boykos, and I am coming to you live from Yavin 4. My name's Zan. I'm one of... Wait. Wait, is this an interview? I'm sorry. Are we on the air right now? Yeah, we are going out through the hollow net. So who's listening? Whoever would be listening to uh, Hot Imperial Jizz. Oh, Lord. Who named it that? Uh, I was wrong. Last time we spoke, I do believe my mother listens to this show. Your mother's into hot imperial jizz?
Yavin Radio is a story podcast set in the Star Wars universe. Tune in on comms and podcatchers of your choice every other Tuesday. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.